You're listening to Season 2 of the Lifting Her Voice podcast. This is Episode number 144, and today we'll read Nehemiah chapters 1 through 3 together. Nehemiah was heartbroken. He even risked going before the king for help, and God was with him. Welcome to the Lifting Her Voice podcast, Season 2. I'm your host, Joy Miller, and I invite you to grab your Bible and join me from the beginning, simply reading God's Word together. We built some spiritual muscles in 2020 with just the New Testament, but this year we're going all out, cover to cover, Old Testament and new. So whether with your first cup in the morning, your commute to work, or as the last thing on your mind before sleep, God's Word will equip you for every good work. I'm really glad you're here. We're starting another new book today, Nehemiah. If we were reading the Bible chronologically, Nehemiah would be the last book of the Old Testament. Remember when I said that Ezra and Nehemiah began as one book? Well, that's true, but when reading this book, you'll note that it is definitely written in the first person. We will be reading Nehemiah's memoirs, if you will, but it was compiled by Ezra. Nehemiah's heart was broken when he heard that the walls of his beloved Jerusalem were broken down and in a terrible state of disrepair. So, King Artaxerxes, for whom Nehemiah was a personal cupbearer, allowed Nehemiah to travel to Jerusalem, organize the people there, and rebuild the walls. And they did it in 52 days. It's an inspiring story of devotion, faith, and blind determination, and I think you'll enjoy it very much. I want to take this opportunity to remind you to listen to the introductory videos at the Bible Project. I promise you will be better prepared to read each book and have insights that might otherwise be missed. Nehemiah Chapter 1 The Words of Nehemiah, Son of Hakaliah During the month of Chislev, in the twentieth year, when I was in the fortress city of Susa, Hanani, one of my brothers, arrived with men from Judah, and I questioned them about Jerusalem and the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile. They said to me, The remnant in the province who survived the exile are in great trouble and disgrace. Jerusalem's wall has been broken down and its gates have been burned. When I heard these words, I sat down and wept. I mourned for a number of days, fasting and praying before the God of the heavens. I said, Lord, the God of the heavens, the great and awe-inspiring God who keeps His gracious covenant with those who love Him and keep His commands, let your eyes be open and your ears be attentive to hear your servant's prayer that I now pray to you day and night for your servants, the Israelites. 
I confess the sins we have committed against you. Both I and my father's family have sinned. We have acted corruptly toward you and have not kept the commands, statutes, and ordinances you gave your servant Moses. Please remember what you commanded your servant Moses. If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you return to me and carefully observe my commands, even though your exiles were banished to the farthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place where I chose to have my name dwell. They are your servants and your people. You redeemed them by your great power and strong hand. Please, Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to that of your servants who delight to revere your name. Give your servant success today and grant him compassion in the presence of this man. At the time, I was the king's cupbearer. Nehemiah Chapter 2 During the month of Nisan, in the twentieth year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was set before him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had never been sad in his presence, so the king said to me, Why do you look so sad when you aren't sick? This is nothing but sadness of heart. I was overwhelmed with fear and replied to the king, May the king live forever. Why should I not be sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? Then the king asked me, What is your request? So I prayed to the God of the heavens and answered the king, If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor with you, send me to Judah and to the city where my ancestors are buried, so that I may rebuild it. The king, with the queen seated beside him, asked me, How long will your journey take, and when will you return? So I gave him a definite time, and it pleased the king to send me. I also said to the king, If it pleases the king, let me have letters written to the governors of the region west of the Euphrates River, so that they will grant me safe passage until I reach Judah. And let me have a letter written to Asaph, keeper of the king's forest, so that he will give me timber to rebuild the gates of the temple's fortress, the city wall, and the home where I will live. The king granted my requests, for the gracious hand of my God was on me. I went to the governors of the region west of the Euphrates and gave them the king's letters. The king had also sent officers of the infantry and cavalry with me. When Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official heard that someone had come to pursue the prosperity of the Israelites, they were greatly displeased. After I arrived in Jerusalem and had been there three days, I got up at night and took a few men with me. I didn't tell anyone what my God had laid on my heart to do for Jerusalem. The only animal I took was the one I was riding. I went out at night through the valley gate toward the serpent's well 
and the dung gate, and I inspected the walls of Jerusalem that had been broken down and its gates that had been destroyed by fire. I went on to the fountain gate and the king's pool, but farther down it became too narrow for my animal to go through. So I went up at night by way of the valley and inspected the wall. Then, heading back, I entered through the valley gate and returned. The officials did not know where I had gone or what I was doing, for I had not yet told the Jews, priests, nobles, officials, or the rest of those who would be doing the work. I said to them, You see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been burned. Come, let's rebuild Jerusalem's wall so that we will no longer be a disgrace. I told them how the gracious hand of my God had been on me and what the king had said to me. They said, Let's start rebuilding, and their hands were strengthened to do this good work. When Sanballat, the Horonite, Tobiah, the Ammonite official, and Geshem, the Arab, heard about this, they mocked and despised us and said, What is this you're doing? Are you rebelling against the king? I gave them this reply. The God of the heavens is the one who will grant us success. We, his servants, will start building, but you have no share, right, or historic claim in Jerusalem. Nehemiah chapter 3 The high priest Eliashib and his fellow priests began rebuilding the sheep gate. They dedicated it and installed its doors. After building the wall to the Tower of the Hundred and the Tower of Hananel, they dedicated it. The men of Jericho built next to Eliashib, and next to them Zachar, son of Imri, built. The sons of Hassaniah built the fish gate. They built it with beams and installed its doors, bolts, and bars. Next to them, Merimoth, son of Uriah, son of Hakaz, made repairs. Beside them, Meshullam, son of Berechiah, son of Meshizabel, made repairs. Next to them, Zadok, son of Baana, made repairs. Beside them, the Tekoites made repairs, but their nobles did not lift a finger to help their supervisors. Joaeda, son of Pasiah, and Meshullam, son of Besediah, repaired the old gate. They built it with beams and installed its doors, bolts, and bars. Next to them, the repairs were done by Melatiah, the Gibeonite, Jadon, the Maranothite, and the men of Gibeon and Mizpah, who were under the authority of the governor of the region west of the Euphrates River. After him, Uziel, son of Herhaiah, the goldsmith, made repairs, and next to him, Hananiah, son of the perfumer, made repairs. They restored Jerusalem as far as the broad wall. Next to them, Rephaiah, son of Hur, ruler of half the district of Jerusalem, made repairs. After them, Jedaiah, son of Haramoth, made repairs across from his house. Next to him, 
Hattush, the son of Heshabniah, made repairs. Melchijah, son of Harim, and Hashab, the son of Pehath-Moab, made repairs to another section, as well as to the tower of the ovens. Beside him Shalom, son of Halahesh, ruler of half the district of Jerusalem, made repairs, he and his daughters. Hanan and the inhabitants of Zenoa repaired the valley gate. They rebuilt it and installed its doors, bolts, and bars, and repaired five hundred yards of the wall to the dung gate. Malchijah, son of Rechab, ruler of the district of Beth-Hakirim, repaired the dung gate. He rebuilt it and installed its doors, bolts, and bars. Shalon, son of Kolhoza, ruler of the district of Mizpah, repaired the fountain gate. He rebuilt it and roofed it. Then he installed its doors, bolts, and bars. He also made repairs to the wall of the pool of Shelah, near the king's garden, as far as the stairs that descend from the city of David. After him, Nehemiah, son of Azbuk, ruler of half the district of Bethzur, made repairs up to a point opposite the tombs of David, as far as the artificial pool and the house of the warriors. Next to him, the Levites made repairs under Rehum, son of Bani. Beside him, Hashabiah, ruler of half the district of Keilah, made the repairs for his district. After him, their fellow Levites made repairs under Benui, son of Henadad, ruler of half the district of Keilah. Next to him, Ezer, son of Jeshua, ruler of Mizpah, made repairs to another section opposite the ascent to the armory at the angle. After him, Barak, son of Zabai, diligently repaired another section from the angle to the door of the house of the high priest Eliashib. Beside him, Merimoth, son of Uriah, son of Hakaz, made repairs to another section from the door of Eliashib's house to the end of his house. And next to him, the priests from the surrounding area made repairs. After them, Benjamin and Hashab made repairs opposite their house. Beside them, Azariah, son of Maaseiah, son of Ananiah, made repairs beside his house. After him, Benui, son of Henadad, made repairs to another section, from the house of Azariah to the angle and the corner. Palal, son of Uzai, made repairs opposite the angle and tower that juts out from the king's upper palace by the courtyard of the guard. Beside him, Pedaiah, son of Parosh, and the temple servants living on Ophel, made repairs opposite the water gate toward the east and the tower that juts out. Next to him, the Tekoites made repairs to another section from a point opposite the great tower that juts out, as far as the wall of Ophel. Each of the priests made repairs above the horse gate, each opposite his own house. After them, Zadok, son of Immer, 
made repairs opposite his house, and beside him Shemaiah, son of Shechaniah, guard of the east gate, made repairs. Next to him, Hananiah, son of Shelemiah, and Hanan, the sixth son of Zalaph, made repairs to another section. After them, Meshullam, son of Berechiah, made repairs opposite his room. Next to him, Melchijah, one of the goldsmiths, made repairs to the house of the temple servants and the merchants, opposite the inspection gate and as far as the upstairs room on the corner. The goldsmiths and merchants made repairs between the upstairs room on the corner and the sheep gate. I can just imagine them all working side by side, can't you? They were each concentrating on what was right before him or her as the only goal. There was no wasted time commuting across town, no long executive lunches, just the task before them. They had a job to do, a time limit, and a determination to see it through. The word focus comes to mind. I know we're not supposed to read into Scripture what's not there, but it stands to reason, at least to me, that God had gone before Nehemiah. That was a good prayer, wasn't it? He prepared the hearts of this people for the project ahead. We've all seen the opposite. Leading a resistant group can be like trying to herd cats. But when the Lord goes before us, totally different mindset. Psalm 127.1 tells us, Unless the Lord builds a house, its builders labor over it in vain. Unless the Lord watches over a city, the watchman stays alert in vain. Solomon wrote this one. Perhaps we should take a cue from the wisest man who ever lived. Weigh in on this at LiftingHerVoice.com, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Thank you for joining me here today. I pray that by spending time in His Word every day, you will be changed. Visit me at LiftingHerVoice.com with your comments and questions. And don't forget to visit the blog page while you're there. If you like the podcast, it would be great if you'd give it a five-star review and share it with everyone you know. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. See you tomorrow.